This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Thursday, June 25th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. You? Doing okay. Doing okay. Um, we're looking at a, not a small slate, but not a full slate for Thursday. I think there's 11 games, looks like, off the top yep, of my head. and strangely, eight of them are early and three are late. Usually it's a reversal of that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking to get in the main contest today, uh, try to get your lineups in by one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit different. I, I gotta say though, I love, love day baseball. Always, always <laughs> yeah. good. Cool. Well, first thing we do always is, uh, we start at catcher and, Usually been doing okay finding catchers lately, but this is a, a weird one today. For some reason, I had a little bit of trouble. I don't know if you did, but I didn't see a ton of options. Um, I feel alright about the guys I picked out. I have seven names overall, five of them early. The late contest is a little shakier. I'll start with them. Okay. Uh, only really felt good about like Francisco Cervelli against Anthony DeSclafani, and then uh, Jason Castro with the platoon advantage against Adam Warren. Mm-hmm. Neither of those is an excellent pick. Uh, just kind of guys that you can plug in there aren't eating up too much salary. Right. Uh, there's a couple more expensive guys you can go after. Uh, Brian McCann's facing a lefty, so I don't think you really want to go with him today. A good lefty, too. Yes, a good lefty as well. Uh, so that, that late contest, not too much a catcher to go with. Uh, the early group, though, I, I did like the options available. Uh, so starting with Matt Wieters against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yep. And I like Rodriguez a lot. I also don't mind the Orioles lineup against lefties. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's kind of two competing forces there. Uh, I think you could definitely go with an Orioles stack today. It's kind of a little bit of a fade, uh, just because uh, Rodriguez has pitched so well aside from that one start against the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. It's the Blue yeah. Jays. Yeah. yeah the Blue Jays uh, have like 145 WRC plus against lefties. Something yeah, ridiculous. They're nuts. Um, yeah, I wrote down Weeders. I liked him. I have trouble figuring out Orioles that I like against lefties other than him, though. Like a lot of the right-handed bats are not. Like Machado prefers righties. Adam Jones is fine against both. He's a little banged up right now. Yeah, he um, says he's not coming back till Friday, so I wouldn't, would count him out tonight. Yeah. Delman Young is not doing much this year. Used to kind of like him as a cheap option against lefties, but he's not mm-hmm. really doing that. So, I don't know, I had a little bit of trouble finding the, the righty bats, or at least the, the lefty matcher bats that I liked in the Orioles lineup, but, so for Weeders, except for, yeah, he's been doing well so far this year and, and prefers lefties, so, I don't know. I, I had him for sure. Be right. I like Eduardo Rodriguez, so it's not really a slam dunk by any means. And that game's in Boston too, so the Green Monsters in play for those righties. Mm-hmm. That's another factor I kind of like. Uh, mm-hmm. Ups the double rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get some home sure. runs sneaking over top of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote the other one. I like. Do you like uh, Stephen Vote at Colby Lewis? Yeah, that's not a bad one. Uh, Lewis is sort of a contact guy, and it's definitely a uh, line drive, uh, low-angle spray hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Could definitely have multiple hits today. Mm-hmm. And then um, a guy that's been nuts, and I think we've mentioned him before, is Nick Hundley, mm-hmm. who actually prefers to hit righties, uh, has reverse splits, and he likes uh, to face Roby De La Rosa. And what we have today is the... We have to mention at least the <laughs> De La Rosa versus De La Rosa matchup going on in Colorado. A righty and a lefty. And yeah, Hundley likes to get the righty. It's in Colorado. I think we'll be picking lots of guys from this matchup. We're just going to have to specify <laughs> quite a bit. But um, yeah, yeah, Nick Hundley spent most of his career at Petco and has always been pretty whatever. And all of a sudden, unsurprisingly now in Colorado, is hitting like 300 and showing pop and... I don't know, becoming borderline mixed league appropriate, not quite, but yeah, I don't know, I don't mind him in DFS, you know, all the standard course field, Rockies lineup stuff applies, um, but yeah, Roby De La Rosa is nothing special right now, he has potential, but I would certainly stream against him. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, the day of the De La Rosas here, uh, both sides of that matchup are probably going to be uh, very popular, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coors Field is just awesome place for hitting. Uh, weather is very good for home runs this day. They're, both teams have good power uh, options against these pitchers. Uh, in addition to Hundley, uh, keep an eye on Michael McHenry as well, uh, just to see who starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it is a day game, uh, I think Hundley started last night. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, so he, he might get the rest today just because of uh, he started a night game. Would you like and, McHenry too? Possibly. Yeah, I like McHenry just as much, really. Uh, R- Ruby De La Rosa is a enigmatic pitcher. <laughs> sure. Yes. Uh, he he has plenty of talent. It's a matter of kind of putting all these pieces together. Uh, he could definitely solve it one day. I don't think it's going to be today at Coors Field. Yeah. Uh, nope. Any other other side of that matchup I'd like is uh, Wellington Castillo's been hitting well since joining the Diamondbacks. Okay, sure. Yeah, and he gets to face a lefty in Jorge De La Rosa. Yep. And he's he also very, uh, yeah, very capable of taking advantage of him, too. So, yep. Okay, how about first base? Where, where are you going there? Uh, first base, uh, <laughs> if you have the money for it, uh, Paul Goldschmidt against Jorge De La Rosa is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, not only does Goldschmidt, uh, probably the best active hitter against left-handed pitching, uh, Zach Coorsfield. Uh, there's a lot to like there, but he costs over 6000 on both of the main sites. Yeah. Uh, you have to take a very cheap pitcher to get away with using him. In the more affordable uh, bracket of elite hitters, uh, you have Miguel Cabrera against uh, Carlos Rodon, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a popular stack. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. The Tigers are good against lefties. Rodon's a pretty uniquely talented guy. Uh, two really good pitches uh, could definitely get through five, six, seven innings without allowing too much damage. Or the Tigers might just turn around and just stack up some home runs against them. Yeah. So we'll see how it breaks. Uh, you could definitely go in that option. I think because it is Rodon, it might be a little less popular than uh, you might expect when the Tigers are usually facing a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll still be used pretty frequently. Yeah. Oh, I like Miggy there for sure. I just, I get the feeling like he should, I mean, he's one of the best hitters on the planet, obviously. Mm-hmm. He should probably be able to take advantage of Rodon, uh, at least at this point in his career. You know, I don't know if you buy into like the experience versus inexperience thing at all. Uh, and Rodon has incredible stuff, but he also has been having strike zone problems. I think maybe should do okay. Um, does Ike Davis at Colby Lewis do anything for you? I, I wrote it down. It's an option. Uh, I'm not sure he's done much since returning from the DL. I haven't looked into him too closely, to be honest. He didn't do a whole lot before that either. He's like that's true. He, um, he he was moderately useful before that. I recall well, using him in some standard leagues. Yeah, honestly, as a pair of home runs, you're just... I don't know, you're looking for a little bit more pop, and he hasn't shown it yet. He has the potential, for sure. It's not like he's a no-power guy, but... And he's not OPSing, like, 650 or anything, but you're... Right. I don't know. want to see just a bit more, but he has my attention. want to see a bit more. Um, how about, do you like Lucas Duda at Taylor Youngman? I do. Yeah. It's uh, another fine matchup. Uh, definitely not in the same category as the elite guys, but you'll save some money, still have a pretty high ceiling with him. Yeah, could do fine there, like that it's in Milwaukee. Um, I wrote Anthony Rizzo uh, against Carlos Frias. Mm-hmm. I like that field. one. Uh, Frias is not entirely polished, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, he tends to try to power through some guys that he probably shouldn't be trying to power through. I think that could get him into trouble against a guy like Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo can take advantage. And then the last guy I have written down is uh, Ben Paulson gets Ruby De La Rosa. Mm. And Ben Paulson's been okay. You know, yeah. it's he's in the Rockies lineup in Colorado, and he's a lefty and he can hit righties and has some pop. So there's not a lot more to ask for given his price. Um so, I don't know. I like to go a little more surefire at, at first base. Matt and I have talked about how it's kind of like pitcher, where it feels like a can't-miss position, or like you're in trouble if you miss at first base, yeah. like if it's you true. miss it at pitcher. So, 
it's harder you to take a usually flyer. Usually need the six points. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's harder to take chances at first base. I would try and go Miggy Duda, Rizzo, Goldschmidt. Um, yeah. Any other first baseman that you like? I don't mind either Jose Breu or Adam LaRoche against Alfredo Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an excellent matchup for them, but platoon advantage, uh, Detroit's not a bad park for hitting. Uh, it's neutral. Yeah. And, you know, they're both pretty solid hitters. Yep. Uh, either one's fine. Uh, you could also try Yonder Alonso against Chris Heston. Uh, Heston's got some platoon splits. Uh, lefties are hitting quite a bit better than righties against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, eh, it's, it's in San Francisco, I believe, and that's just not a, a good place for picking out hitters. Uh, he could still get a couple hits today, though. I feel like you made the perfect response noise for Yonder Alonso. It's how I always feel about Yonder Alonso. It's just, eh, <laughs> eh. Yeah, he's not awful, but, eh, whatever. He's, you know. Yeah, you, you can pick him. <laughs> he's, he's a decent lefty bat in that Padres lineup, but there's, like, he's the only lefty bat. I mean, Will Venable, I guess, but. Yeah. It's uh, just. You want there to be some more lefty power in that Padres lineup, and there's not. True. So, and he doesn't offer that much. I don't know. Eh, there. <laughs> okay, um, how about second we, base? Back to the first base real quick. We sure. pretty much only st- talked about that early contest. So yeah. The late group, not too many first basemen really standing out from the pack. Yeah. Uh, you could try Joey Votto against A.J. Burnett, p- potentially. Yeah. I- Joey Votto's good. <laughs> Joey Votto's <laughs> so always good. I like AJ Burnett, but yeah, it's but he could but Joey Votto's good enough something. to do fine. <laughs> you gotta pick somebody there. Yeah, uh, an alternative is uh, Justin Bohr against Lance Lynn. Okay, sure. Yeah, Lance Lynn coming back from the DL. Um, Bohr could do okay. Do I mean if you want to really just take a flyer, you can go Pedro Alvarez against Anthony Desclafani. True. He's always always capable of running into one. You know. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, okay. Anybody else at first base? That it? That's it. Okay. Second base. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm not too keen on second base today, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely some options. Uh, that early contest, uh, Ben Zobris has really driven his price up with, uh, hot streak here. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's up against Colby Lewis. I think that's definitely fine. You can go after it. Uh, Ian Kinsler, righty against Carlos Rodon. Um, yeah, I had that. Go with Tiger stack, sure, I, whatever. I, I had that. Have you looked at what Ian Kinsler's done this year? I haven't looked uh, very closely. Is there some kind of weird split going on? Well, usually you would say that, like, man, have you noticed how good he's been? But it's been the opposite. He's been bad. And it's a player that I've liked forever. And not only has he been pretty bad this year, I went to go look and be like, well, at least he's hit lefties, I'm sure. He's done the opposite. He's been even worse against lefties, which surprised me, as I'm sure it surprises you a little bit. He's been disappointing. Yeah, I'm looking and he's over been, his page now. Yeah, I don't own been, him on any of my teams, and yeah. I hardly ever pick him in DFS. So he's been, like, sneaky bad. Like, I didn't even <laughs> realize. Like, nobody's been saying it, and then it kind of popped up. Like, Ian Kinsler's been bad, especially against lefties, so... Um, yeah, he's a talented guy, just, uh, and his ISO's down. Yeah, so. he he's a talented guy, and I wouldn't say stay away from him against Rodon, but it's not as good as as he initially thought. And again, I yeah. was surprised too. Um, I don't know I what's up with Ian Kinsler. Again, it's a player I like. It's a player I think can turn it around, but so far not so good uh, for him, especially against lefties. So I have my eye on him there. Yeah, from from scanning his page for five seconds, I see his ISO's down, his hard hit rate's down. Yeah. Uh, pretty much no home runs, the fly ball ratio here. Uh, yeah. That's really driving it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not putting him over the fence will make your numbers look bad. Um, so I would probably skip that, but if he's driven his price down enough, I mean, it's a talented enough lineup and a talented enough guy. But, right. Um, I like... Howie Kendrick gets John Lester going to Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dodgers are average against lefties. They're not terrible, but they're not the same strong lineup that you think. But Howie Kendrick can handle himself. And John Lester is pretty decent. So it's not great, but at least it's at Wrigley Field. Um, it's the late games, uh, but I would consider Neil Walker against Anthony DeSclafani 
is also fine. I, I, none of these picks I really love today at second base, just some that are, are fine. Um, Neil Walker can handle Desclafani, and on the flip side, Colton Wong gets Dan Heron. Dan Heron's been pretty decent this year, too, though. Uh, capable. Not scary, but certainly not bad. Um, so that's not great either. I don't know. I had trouble finding anything real inspiring at second base. <laughs> um, some guys, but, but nothing I'm, I'm nuts about. I still like, uh, Anthony Rendon's, uh, price tag. He's up against Matt Whistler. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Whistler as a major league pitcher. I think he's kind of a mid to back of the rotation guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there's uh, some hype around him right now. Uh, one of the recently called up prospects did well on his debut. Yeah. Uh, I think the Nationals could probably hit him around a bit. And, uh, Rendon recently had like a four hit night. I think he's getting back on track. Yeah, certainly a talented guy. And if his price is still low, I think that's a good place to go. Another guy you could give a try, uh, potentially uh, Chris Owings. Uh, not hitting too well, but he's playing at Coors, uh, face a lefty and Jorge De La Rosa. Yep. Uh, you could try to go with that uh, Coors Field matchup, see if you get anything out of it. Yeah, he had been struggling against lefties earlier this year, too, but I, I agree. It's Jorge De La Rosa, it's Coors Field, you know, it's for the price point you're going to do fine there. I, right. I think that's you want a body in that lineup, in that park. So, any other second baseman? It's a tough day. Yeah, it is a tough day. You could you could also try D Gordon or Derek Dietrich against Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both. Uh, we've given the D Gordon recommendation a billion times. That's you're hoping for multiple hits, some stolen bases. Uh, not so much tonight with Yadier Molina at, behind the plate. Yeah, uh, kind of hurts Gordon's value quite a bit. Uh, Dietrich has some sneaky power and could uh, potentially help you out without a, a big price tag. Yep. Yep. Okay, how about third base? you find anybody that you like a little bit more there? Uh, I, I don't mind the guys that I picked out here. Uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, I'm not excited about them either. Yeah. Uh, I think I like Matt Carpenter the most against Dan Heron, and that's in that night contest. Yeah. Uh, also in the night contest, uh, Luis Valbuena against Adam Warren. Yeah. Babuena has three multi-home run games this year. Yeah. Uh, I haven't caught any of them on my DFS rosters, despite picking him quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, but he has, like, what, 20 homers now? Yeah, he's up to 19, I think. That's... Uh, he, it's crazy. He's a power play. <laughs> yeah, I... So that's one of those things that makes you think about what a hitting coach does or what an organization actually does for a hitter, because he always had some pop. But this is just what the Astros are doing. They're just swinging out of their shoes and batting 200. But, I mean, it's working pretty well for him. Um, and I might be reading way too much into that. But, yeah, he, he comes over to Houston and is just swinging real hard. And I, I don't know. It makes you think, is that an organizational thing? Do they tell him, hey, we don't care if you hit 200. Just try and put it over the fence every time. <laughs> and uh, it's made him an interesting fantasy player for sure. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden, very high variance. Yeah, all of a sudden he's Chris Carter. All of a sudden he's Adam Dunn. Not, sorry, not with nearly the on-base uh, potential as Adam Dunn, but you know what I mean, low average, high power. And uh, I don't know, it makes me like him in DFS for sure. Yeah, it, it makes him a good GPP play at nothing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Adam Dunn... Uh, I, I think he's. I think Joey Gallo has some things in common with Dunn, and he'll be facing Sonny Gray. Uh, not a great matchup. Gallo, from what I'm, my sense of him early on is he's not really prone to matchup problems. Uh, it's just whoever he's facing, he's either going to strike out or hit a home run. It's yeah. like it. It almost doesn't matter who he's facing. It's just you're going to get two or three strikeouts and a one hard hit ball. <laughs> right. Is is the ball going to land on his bat or not? And if it yes. does, it's going to get hit real hard. And if it doesn't come close, then he's going to whiff. Yeah. I've been pretty down on Gallo and not like as a... He just has a really low floor. Like if things go wrong, oh, he's yeah. going to do nothing. It's kind of like Javier Baez is of all those Cubs prospects everyone was excited about. He had potentially the highest ceiling, but he also had the lowest floor. And just, if he doesn't quite get it, like, he's not going to do anything. And 
Gallo could truly do nothing, and he could also become a 50-homer monster. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, and I'm not buying him early. He came up too early, which everybody knew, and right. he showed success early, and of course he's going to do big homers, and he was hitting for a decent average, but just crazy BABIP. And his BABIP should be decent, because he's going to hit the ball so hard, but he was still striking out like 40% of the time early, and you can't do that and hit 300, so... Um, if you had Gallo or still do, you know, I would have traded him as fast as I can. All that said, still an interesting, uh, GPP guy, because mm-hmm. he can still obviously run into a few homers, and his price should be real low against Sonny Gray, and I would not yeah, feel, cheap. yeah, I wouldn't feel good about it. I wouldn't feel confident, but I would also go, well, yeah, it's entirely possible he could, you know, just plain has to run into one. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't mind that by any means. How about you? Who'd you pick out? At third base, uh, I wrote Nick Castellanos, but that's another guy who's been more disappointing than you think in that Tigers lineup. He's just, I mean, not that you had high hopes for Nick Castellanos, I assume, but he's done worse than you'd think. Um, so it's hard to be excited there. Um, and the early ones, I like, uh, Nolan Arenado against yeah. De La Rosa. I mean, it's righty on righty, but I don't think Nolan Arenado cares that bad. And again, we said Ruby de la Rosa is not a scary pitcher yet, or at least not right now. So you'll pay for Arenado, but he can do pretty well. And then at night, um, I like Valbuena, I like Carpenter. I would also think about Alex Rodriguez against Dallas Keuchel. And I like Dallas Keuchel. I don't think that's a great matchup, but I just like Alex Rodriguez against a lefty. Could also run into one, and it's a lineup that should do fine. Uh, should do okay. I mean, they could certainly get shut down by Keuchel, but they also shouldn't get walked on. So, um, yeah. My favorite on the day might be Valbuena, uh, and, and Carpenter is also a good pick. But, uh, yeah. Arenado, A-Rod, and, and Gallo if you want to get real wild with it. So, um, yeah. Anybody else before we move on to shortstop? Uh, just a couple quick fire options. Sure. Uh, yes, Money Tomas at Coors Field. Yes, uh, I have him listed. Tune advantage as, against Jorge. Yeah, I have him listed with outfield, but I, I like that for sure. Yep, uh, Justin Turner against uh, John Lester. Uh, if you're going for that Dodger stack, I think it's definitely a, a sneaky stack that you could use today that could potentially put together a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not going to happen, but again, it's sometimes you're trying to play those uh, long odds, uh, hope that. You catch the one that no one else did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it makes sense, even if it doesn't work out. Yes. Uh, you can also try Manny Machado against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Dylan noted the reverse platoon splits. I wouldn't worry too much about that tonight. No. No, it's it's not like a stay away from him against lefties. It's just not as strong as you think. But I actually kind of like it, because it means I can pick him against righties. Makes it more useful. Yep. Yeah. Okay, um... Shortstop is as <laughs> thin as it usually is. Uh, Thinner, <laughs> yeah. Somehow, <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough. Um, I like to start. Jose Iglesias gets Carlos Rodon, and Jose Iglesias is typically used as a warm body in the uh, in the Tiger stack. But in a small sample, I mean, it continues to hit well this year, and most of it's Babbitt driven, which is going to be his game. But he continues to just mash lefties, and it's in something like 30 at-bats. It's not a lot. But, like, Platoon Advantage has been hitting lefties, and, uh, yeah, it's not going to cost a bunch and could possibly get the job done. I mean, it's the situation he likes. He gets Carlos Rodon. He can also whiff, but uh, I would consider Jose Iglesias just as a cheap guy uh, that's done well against lefties so far. Um I also like Zheng Ho Gong against Anthony DeSclafani. Not a platoon advantage, but uh, Gong just plain keeps hitting. Could do fine, and I could see uh, the Pirates doing okay against DeSclafani. Not great, you know, but he, he's he's susceptible, I would say. Not quite vulnerable, but susceptible. And then um, Matt and I always mention him, and it's because he's always worth looking at. Especially on a day where there aren't many options, but Johnny Peralta gets Dan Heron. Dan Heron's decent, and Miami's not a great place to hit, so it's not a must-use, but it's viable. It's always viable. So I would consider him there in the late games. Uh, What about you? Anybody Uh, more exciting than those three guys? 
From the early contest, I kind of looked at it as Tulowitzki or bust. Uh, okay. Costs a lot. Uh, he won't have the platoon advantage, but I'm not too concerned about that against no. Ruby. No. Uh, then again, you know, Ruby's also a guy who could completely shut down the Rockies. I would not be shocked if it happened. Right. So, could backfire on you. I just don't like any of the other shortstops in the early slate whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely try Iglesias if you'd like to. I'm not feeling that one too much, but he has potential. I mean, so, if, if you want <laughs> Starlin Castro against Carlos Frias, but <laughs> whatever. Ugh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's all, I'm, I'm looking at all the names again and I remember why I was making faces at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, yeah. If you can pay for too low or take a flyer on a cheap guy like Iglesias, but it's not a lot. Yeah, maybe you could try like Brandon Cough, Crawford and hope for a home run against uh, James Shields. That's J- at ATT Park, so. JJ Hardy will have the platoon advantage against Eduardo Rodriguez, but. Yeah, he's not been doing anything. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all ugly. <laughs> yeah, I love JJ Hardy, but he's not doing anything. Which is sad. Breaks my heart, but. Yeah. Sorry. Wish we could help you more, but, uh, shortstop, <laughs> but someday, sometimes there's days you just kind of throw your hands in the air and go, I don't know. Pick a cheap guy. Or, or, you know, take it to the bank with Dulo. But. Hard to find anybody real exciting there. Um, you know, I missed him on the first comb through. Nick Ogmet might be a, uh, a viable pick against uh, Jorge De La Rosa. I, I, He's been hitting better lately. Yeah, but that's pretty relative also. <laughs> yeah, he's hitting better, which means, I mean, the bar was pretty low. Um, but you're right, it's course Field as a platoon advantage. If there's a day that you would like Nick Ahmed, this would be it. I'm not sure there's a day I like Nick Ahmed, but that would that would be it. Yeah, he's going to be cheap, and he's you know he has a pulse, and he's playing in Colorado, so I, I like that almost as much as I like Jose Iglesias, and that it could be fine. You know, you're taking a cheap guy. Um, okay, let's get to a position with some actual options, which would be outfield. It's usually guys to pick from there. I start with uh, guys who haven't been disappointing from the Tigers lineup. Um, that outfield has been hitting, uh, hot and cold, but mostly doing just fine. JD Martinez, you want a Cespedes, and then Rajai Davis against lefties. And so you want from that Tigers outfield, and those guys could all do well against Carlos Rodon. Uh, depending on price point, I don't care which one you take. They could all do pretty well. Um, do you like them? Do you like oh, yeah. Tigers outfield for the most part? It's, it's definitely a stack to think about pursuing today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially if you don't want to get involved with the course field matchup and DraftKings especially, it's hard to take guys at course field because they just really ramp up the prices on you. Yeah. Vandal's a little less reactive to the uh, park effects. Yeah. Um, I also like Josh Reddick and your boy Billy Burns at Colby Lewis. Uh, they're both can do fine there. It's Texas. They, you know, Billy Burns keeps hitting. Keeps hitting, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wish he cost less. <laughs> yeah. What do you think Billy Burns will hit in the second half, batting average-wise? I think he could put together an empty 280, 290. Yeah. He, uh, it's but, going to be empty. <laughs> yeah, he'd be happy. Singles, be ha- some doubles. He'd be happy doing that, but he continues to hit, looking like a major league hitter so far. So. Yeah. Um, he could do things against Colby Lewis for sure, but again, the price is a little discouraging because you're not going to get new pop or anything. Yeah. Um, I wrote Scott Van Slyke against John Lester. If he gets in the lineup, he's best used against lefties. Um, Wrigley Field's nice against John Lester is okay. Uh, an, an option, uh, hopefully a cheap option if he gets in. Um, AJ Pollock gets Jorge De La Rosa, mm-hmm. and that's, again, he keeps getting discussed as being so under the radar. That's platoon advantage. That's course field. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you're not an AJ Pollock guy, one, you should be one. And two, if you are, this is a good place for him, for sure. And then, yeah, Yasmani Tomas, who is now hitting like 328 or something. He had four hits last night. It was a career high. And he only has like three homers, which has been weird. I think people thought he was going to be a 250 guy with like 30 homers, but instead he's like, I mean, it's it's BABIP and it's fluctuating, but he's like a 300 hitter with maybe 12, 15 homer power. It's been weird. It's he's one of those Cuban guys that's still figuring things out. Don't really know what we're going to get from him. But 
Um, whether it's power or average, he is hitting. And he gets uh, Jorge De La Rosa in Colorado. So I don't know exactly what I get from him. But it's, you know, it's DFS. It's a points format. You don't really care how he contributes. Um, I, I He has my attention. He's interesting. has my attention. Yeah. He, I got a chance to see him in spring training and... He he looked pretty terrible in spring training. Yeah, uh, at the play in the field, just I I didn't know what he was doing in major league camp, let alone uh, oh he can't for field. a job. Yeah, he can't play defense. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, now he, his approach at the plate looks a little more restrained, and I think that's why we're not seeing the power come out of him. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of dialed it back a notch to improve his contact ability. Well, so far so good. Yeah, he definitely started slow, but. I was pretty surprised to see his average as high as it is. Four-hit game in Colorado helps, but I don't know. He's he's become a... I mean, you have to pick him up in most formats if he's sitting there. Let's figure out what, what to what to do with him exactly. Yep. I don't know if we're going to see a 30-homer season from him, but it's pretty early to tell on those guys' careers. I mean, they're always pretty nebulous of what exactly they're going to do. But he has talent to hit. Most importantly, Jorge De La Rosa, Coors Field, so... Other side of that, Charlie Blackman is always a guy I really like at the top of the Rockies lineup, and again, Ruby La Rosa is not scary. The only time I don't like Blackman is when he's up against a lefty, uh, right. but he should do fine here and set the table there. Adds power, adds speed, hitting for decent average. He's he's gonna should do well. Um, you don't like Matt Whistler, so that means Bryce Harper is worth attention. I don't know if you mm-hmm. can ever afford him ever again, ever, <laughs> but. Uh, He's worth- cheaper than Paul Goldschmidt these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> worth mentioning, he'll be at home and he gets a righty and can always do big things. Um, do you like Cameron Mabin against Doug Fister? You know, I didn't write down Mabin, but I did write down uh, Marcakis and Yuri Perez. Okay. Uh, they both have the platoon advantage, so that's probably why I like them more than Mabin. Uh, I, I would say that Mabin's a perfectly fine option. Uh, he's a mm. contact guy versus a contact pitcher. Uh, yeah. So could work out just fine. Uh, it's just a matter of getting on base for him. All right. I need you to tell me about Perez and what you know about him and what you like about him. Because I admit uh, is he is a speed in. guy. Yeah. Uh, more swing and miss than Billy Burns, but the profile isn't entirely different. Uh, empty batting average. Uh, you're just kind of hoping he puts a bunch of balls in play, gets on base, steals some bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think he's taken like... I think he took about 20 steals and like 260 plate appearances in the minors this year. Uh, he's done that year in and year out. Uh, a little bit of power, not really much, uh, but he can sneak a home run over the fence. Okay. Yeah, that's, a, again, admittedly a player I was not that in on. But if he's yeah. run, running that much, you know, he, he could do okay. Um, he's someone who would hit like... 290 with like a 305 OBP and yeah. not too much slug. <laughs> All speed. All speed, which means he's going to be cheap, that's for sure. Um, and then the last outfielder I had is Chris Young against Dallas Keuchel. Chris Young likes to hit lefties, but this is a pretty good lefty, so it's hard to be real excited about that. It would be a sneaky play. I know Matt and I were talking about him on a Wednesday. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about what Matt and I talked about. i got to bring this up with you. Um, Matt and I were talking about Marco Estrada, who was coming off that good start going into yesterday's and just saying, we joked that there's a conspiracy of what happened to Marco Estrada, like something happened at the border, he got switched, it's not really him, and then, (laughs) and then yesterday's game happened and just kind of, you know, emboldened that further. What exactly is going on with Marco Estrada and how... He's interesting, and he's always been a little tempting, but you're really asking for trouble. Things could go badly. Um, but, yeah, we also were talking about Chris Young. And if you're really brave, you go with guys like Young and Estrada. But, anyway, uh, that rambling aside, Chris Young likes it lefties. He could be a <laughs> sneaky option against Dallas Keuchel, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. No. it's. Uh, I thought about it. I actually didn't write him down because yeah. of... Keiko's just too good for me. I would like it if we're at a position where there were less options. You know, right. If this were a shortstop and I was looking for a flyer, sure. But when it comes to outfield, kind of like first base, I find myself being a little less sneaky just because there tends to be more solid options. You know, you, you can find three guys I feel 
good about instead of finding some guys that might be interesting, you know? Yeah. Whereas if it's second base or shortstop or whatever, I'm like, yeah, sure, take a flyer. Yeah, get creative. But I, I find myself being less creative in the outfield just because of options. Um, okay, I listed all my options. Uh, who did I miss? Who do you like there uh, in the outfield? I think it could also go back to that Dodgers game, uh, pick out Alex Guerrero or Yasiel Puig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guerrero's not done much since uh, it's probably early May. Yeah. Uh, so definitely not the hot hand here. And mm-hmm. Lester's probably good enough to retire him if he's in the lineup. Uh, Puig's, you know, Puig, he's a good hitter. Yep. <laughs> I, he had a, I wouldn't shy away from him. <laughs> yep. He had a blister yesterday, so make sure he's in the lineup. Okay, it was yeah. Like, it was like a blister on the palm of his hand. I don't think it's going to like make him miss significant time. But just make sure that he's back in the lineup today. But I agree, if he's in, he can hit. You know, It's a platoon advantage, which he's had weird splits, but he can hit at the end of the day. So I wouldn't shy away from that. Yep. The Orioles have a bunch of platoon righties that you could think about against Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Nolan Reimold, Steve Pierce, Dumb and Young. They're all... Uh, Reimold might be the trendiest option mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Uh, Young's done very little this year. Pierce, it, he's not even playing that much anymore, even against lefties. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably play today just because Adam Jones is out. Um, other than that, uh, the early contests, I think we've gone through your, your yeah. best options. Uh, from the late crew, uh, you can always give Giancarlo Stanton a shot, even though it's Lance Lynn. Uh, Christian Yelich would also make sense against Lynn, who's uh, better against lefties than he used to be, but still is uh, some platoon splits involved. Yep. Uh, George Springer, uh, very talented hitter against Adam Warren, uh, more of a mid-tier pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, could also go with uh, Preston Tucker against Warren. And Tucker was hitting well when he first came up, uh, since has been pretty cold. Uh not a hot play, but the evening contest doesn't have that many outfielders that really stand out. So yeah. you're left with very few choices. Uh, you can pony up for the expensive Pirates. Uh, so like Andrew McCutcheon, starring Marte against Anthony DeSclafani. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gregory Polanco also has a platoon advantage in that one. Uh, you mentioned Chris Young. Uh, you could also try Carlos Beltran, who's hit a little bit better recently. I don't yeah. really like that at all, but you can try it. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's not a great night for outfielders in that mm-hmm. three-game slate. Yep. Um, you mentioned Adam Warren, and I got to do a slight bit of house cleaning just in that I had him picked on Wednesday for my Field of Streams pick because uh, he had the Phillies, and I had picked that earlier in the week, and he did not pitch on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, Yvonne Nova came back and took that start. And so when one of my Phil the Streams guys gets bumped, I get the option of taking him where he lands, and he lands facing Houston, and I don't want him there. I didn't feel great but against with him against the Phillies, but I thought it was doable because it was the Phillies, but right. he gets bumped, he now gets the Yankees, and I get the option, and I'm going to pass there. Uh, I, I like that less, which leaves me without a start, which I feel not great about, but it's not what I picked, so I'm not taking that there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I noticed that yesterday when I was going through to calculate picks. I was like, oh man, I missed one. But, mm-hmm. uh, it happens. It happens. Yep. Okay. Um, speaking of those pitchers, let's look, uh, at pitchers for the day. As I just said, I'm not nuts about Adam Warren against the Astros. Um, they're better against lefties than righties, so we could, no thanks. I just, I don't want to pick against the Astros unless it's a guy with more swing and miss stuff, I suppose. Um, Adam Warren just doesn't inspire confidence, I suppose. Um, I would start top of the list with the ace of Sonny Gray against the Rangers, who are average against right-handed pitching. They're okay. They're not really a pushover, uh, lineup, but Sonny Gray can do pretty well, um, if you feel like paying for him. I like Jacob DeGrom in Milwaukee even better if you want to pay for an ace. Oh, yeah. He, he should be the most popular play of the day for sure. Yeah. Uh, may even want to think about fading him just because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sketched together a couple early lineups, and as much as I like DeGrom, and it's a lot, I actually went away from him. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get uh, Paul Goldschmidt in the lineups today, actually. Yeah. 
Which takes some moving around, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it requires a cheap pitcher. <laughs> um, if you want to go cheap, I could consider Chris Heston against the Padres. Mm-hmm. Really only because they're 23rd in WRC Plus against right-handed right. pitching. Um, Heston has to avoid Will Venable and Yonder Alonso, and that's really about it. Um, I mean, he has to still avoid Justin Upton, but at least he gets righty on righty. Uh, we had mentioned that we liked Ryan Vogelsong on Wednesday because he's good at home and he's good against righties, and he did exactly that. Fired six scoreless against the Padres, so um, I feel like there's some some matchup plays in, in place against the Padres, and this would be one of them. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited about it, but as a cheap option, I can I can see it basically. Yeah, don't go expecting another no-hitter, but I think he could get through six or seven innings without allowing too much damage. Yeah. Um, You said you don't like Matt Whistler. Definitely don't want him in Washington. No, I think I I like the Nationals lineup more than I like Whistler at this point. Yeah. Uh, I I could definitely end up being wrong about this one. And against Doug Fister, it's kind of a weird matchup. Uh, Yeah. I could see it. Depending on your perspective, I could see you thinking it's an easy win for either guy. Yeah. Uh, Vister's not really been his usual self this year yet. And no, but he gets Atlanta without Freddie Freeman. Yeah. I That's like that Vister side almost. not intimidating at all. It's true. <laughs> He's been bad, and hopefully this is one that can help him get back on track. But, yeah. Um, yeah, both of them, I don't know, neither of them inspire confidence. They both have my attention, but neither gets me excited. Um, I might go with someone a little safer, like Anthony DeSclafani goes to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has talent for sure, but they're 21st against righties. They've, they haven't done a whole lot yet, so, and, and he's not exciting, but he could do well. Um, the Reds are just about as good against righties, they're 19th, but I like A.J. Burnett. I always like A.J. Burnett. Um, I don't know if he's going to stay as good as he has been, but he also, just, the strikeouts makes his floor relatively high. It'd be hard for him to put up a you know a zero or a low score just because even if he allows runs he he's gonna notch some K's and hopefully raises uh, raises score a bit so um, I like that as more of like a mid level one um, I also like Lance Lynn against the Marlins I don't typically like guys right back from the disabled list but the Marlins are 28th in WRC plus against righties third from last they don't hit I mean. D. Gordon and Christian Yelich are the lefty bats that, that would do best. And I guess, you know, Justin Bohr. But, um, I don't know. I, I like Lance Landis, another guy with the, the strikeouts that could at least keep his floor relatively high. And then, um, last I wrote, Dallas Keuchel gets the Yankees, but they're actually, uh, sixth against lefties, which is surprising. But, but they hit lefties. So, I, I, I like Dallas Keuchel. He's very capable, but you're going to pay for him, and I don't think this is a matchup where you want to pay for him. So, yeah. Um, how about you? Any any pitchers there I missed? Places that you're thinking about going? Uh, just to touch on the late group first, mm-hmm. uh, six pitchers, uh, ranging from AJ Burnett to Adam Warren, and really, I don't see too much separation between all those options. I think you could yeah. go with. Any two of those, if you're playing DraftKings, any one of them, if you're on FanDuel, yep. and feel reasonably confident that you have a shot at having the best pitcher of the night. Yeah. Um, the only one I might avoid is Dallas Keuchel, because his price is going to be highest. Yeah. You know? Well, on DraftKings, he's third highest. Oh, okay. uh, Burnett and Lynn are actually above him, and Keuchel's only 9,000. Burnett's only 9,700. Uh, so you could... Afford any two of those, really. Yeah. However, you want to put it together. We got. Uh, there, yeah. There's not many expensive players in the whole slate, so you can yeah. do pretty much anything you want with the lineup. We got a tweet yesterday about how we are not as, at least Matt and I are not as on top of the price points as we should be, which, uh, is a fair criticism, but we, I think part of it is juggling between numerous formats of, of trying to, you know, cover all of the bases, which keeps us a little bit general, which, I know a lot of DFS players have, you know, specific formats they play in, understandably, but we're trying to cover our bases as much as we can, which makes us speak in generalities a little bit, and sometimes we're not as specific as we should be, and that's, uh, that's definitely a thing, which, uh, which is fair. So, uh, I appreciate you setting me straight there on Dallas yeah, Cycle. Especially, uh, between DraftKings and FanDuel, they sometimes have 
wildly different prices on players. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I'm trying to remember who I wrote up an article for yesterday's DFS picks, and I can't recall who it was, but uh, he had a 2,500 price on Fanduel and a 4,000 on DraftKings. Right. Uh, it's you know one of those is cheap, one of those is kind of uh, a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on which site we use to prepare for this uh, this podcast uh might have a incorrect impression for the other platform so sorry we can't give you uh specific rundowns depending on your site we're just trying to yeah cover all our bases um so kind of trusting you guys to be able to to fit into the lineups you know what what seems appropriate what seems high and what what doesn't um but yeah uh so yeah uh that late slate like you're saying a lot of those i don't hate any of those guys you know yeah even Adam uh, Warren, who I'm not nuts about, I don't think he'd be crazy. Yeah, you know? Warren's definitely the least of the bunch, but not by a big margin. There's still like a, uh, you got six pitchers. I'd say there's like a eight to ten percent chance that Warren's the best one tonight. Yeah, uh, when the points are calculated, so that's yeah. not too far below uh, a neutral uh, chance to be the best. Uh, yep, it's, and he's quite cheap. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a little extra incentive to use them. Yeah, and those, the Astros uh, strike out. That's one of those yep. things we're just hoping that all those hard hit balls the Astros hit go to the outfielders. And if they do, you're in business. You can cruise through a bunch of innings. And if they go over the fence, you're in trouble. But uh, yeah. Um, okay. How about during the day? Are there other yeah. pitchers I didn't mention that you like? Definitely a lot more options to uh, choose from. Different perspectives to analyze uh, you mentioned chris heston who i i do like against the padres mm-hmm. uh, other side of that matchup james shields isn't bad either you're right uh, yeah the uh, giants are especially in their outfield a little banged up uh they still have some good hitters in the lineup but it's not as deep as it could be uh, yeah. norioki's out for a long time uh, hunter pence is still sidelined yeah uh there's not too much to fear in that lineup, and Shields is a pretty good pitcher. I think he can do just fine in uh, San Francisco. He's been racking uh, up the Ks this year. Yeah. Uh, you could also give Miguel Gonzalez a shot, another guy coming off the disabled list. Okay. Uh, he is facing the Red Sox at Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of a weird pitcher. Uh, sometimes I look at him as an exploit. Sometimes I look at him as someone to use. Today I'm leaning a little more towards using him just because the Red Sox are uh, a, a shaky offense this year, I'll Which say. Which is uh, weird. Yeah. yeah, it's... There's... A lot of their guys have issues, like some kind of uh, exploitable hole, and teams are doing their scouting, they're attacking those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Mookie Betts doesn't do well in pitches outside, and... Teams have been taking advantage of Mookie Betts by pitching him outside. And yep. he's been hitting a little bit better lately. Maybe he's making an adjustment finally. Yep. Uh, there's other guys. Mike Napoli has some holes in his swing. Yeah. Uh, well, and then... Keep l- going, really. <laughs> last night, Dustin Pedroia and Hanley Ramirez exited with injuries. And yeah. then today's a day game. So, I don't know yeah, what Pedro lineup they're going to roll. Up. Yeah, I don't, what, banged up. I don't know Pablo's what that lineup is. some injuries. That Red Sox lineup could be exploitable today. You know, take take a look at it when you're doing your DFS picks. You know, go see what the Red Sox are trotting out there. But uh, Miguel Gonzalez could be a sneaky day pick. I think that's interesting. Um, would you consider Alfredo Simone against the cold White Sox? Yes, that was the last guy I was going to mention. Okay. He is, he's a guy who, if you read rotographs, uh, when he's mentioned, it's usually with the caveat of, this is a guy who's going to regress, sell him. Um, we said that all last year, too. Yeah, and, and he did regress, though. That's the thing. It yeah. happened. Uh, and his season numbers still looked good, but the uh, late season numbers weren't. Uh, he definitely declined as the season went on. Uh, he's coming off a bad outing. Uh, the White Sox are just kind of pitiful. Uh, I think he could definitely go after them. And the game's at Detroit, which is not as homer-friendly as Chicago. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, I wish he struck out more guys to be more excited about him, but I could definitely see him having a good outing. So, yeah, and his DFS profile, what you're looking to get out of him is eight innings, uh, like five strikeouts, uh, 
hoping to see a lot of weak ground balls. Uh, yeah. That's that's when he's best. He gets a lot of early count ground balls, gets through the game quickly, gives you your seven to nine innings, and uh, hopefully picks up a win as a result. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, uh, yeah, unless you have anybody else, I think that should amount do it for us this morning. Got a... Yeah, I think we covered a wide range of <laughs> options for a weird 11-game day. <laughs> and the truth is, uh, the way scheduling works, recording this morning, got to get this podcast out in a hurry so that we can get them out yep. before these morning games. So, yeah, we're recording on Thursday morning and uh, throwing this out there for you guys. So, great. Uh, Brad, you got anything else before we get out of here? A uh, quick weather update, uh, the usual end of the podcast sure. uh, a bit. Uh, Tigers have a 60% chance of rain uh, throughout the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Cubs, 45%. Nationals could see some mid to late game storms, 40%. And Pirates, 50% chance of storms. So yeah. all of them are kind of on the fence about rain. Uh, keep an eye on the weather reports. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, those are those are all big caveats to definitely keep an eye on. Um, depending on, you know, how risky you're feeling, how, how brave you're feeling, but that that could make an impact for sure. Okay. Um, Brad can be found on Twitter at baseball a team, and I'm Dylan. I'm on Twitter at Higgins FOS, and we like to hear from you guys. Been getting good uh, fantasy questions lately, and uh, I like to be able to put in my two cents. Uh, it feels good to answer questions on Twitter about fantasy stuff. But then I worry so much about the responsibility of it because you are going very <laughs> literally on the record with your pick, and then if it goes badly, I'm just like, uh oh, you know, don't want to, don't want to be responsible for ruining somebody's fantasy day. But that said, uh, as long as you're taking the, you know, taking the opinions as our two cents and not gospel, yeah, we love to talk fantasy with you. So always hopes to get another opinion. So hit us up on Twitter, and uh, yeah. For Brad, I'm Dylan. We should uh, talk to you guys. Uh, Brad will be back next week, next Tuesday, yep. and I'll be back on Friday with Matt. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com/fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.